0: Welcome to another episode of The Impolite Psychologist. So last time I talked about fight, that there is fight or flight, and in some families the choice is to fight, all kinds of threats and conflicts. And today I wanted to talk about flight. So if we are thinking back to the time of cavemen, When a threat such as a big scary animal came along, we could choose to bite that animal or we could choose flight, meaning to run away from the animal in order to survive that threat. And the idea of flight has to do with the active choice that people choose to leave Situation. And there is a funny scene in The Princess Bride, if you've seen it, where Inigo Montoya, played by Mandy Patinkin, comes up and discovers the man who killed his father. And that is Count Rugen, played by Christopher Guest. And Inigo Montoya gets his sword ready and starts in on his speech. "'My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die.'" He's been waiting to vindicate the death of his father for so long, and he finally has the opportunity. He says his speech, he has his sword ready, and Count Rugen simply turns around and runs away. And so it's really kind of funny in the movie, but I think that that's what flight is all about, It's about running away when there is a scary, threatening conflict. Now, this happens in many families, and I think that the types of families that run away from conflict are kind of the opposite of the families who fight all the time. And the emotions that are acceptable in these types of families, in the types of families that avoid conflict, are all the positive emotions. Joy, happiness, love, all the positive emotions are acceptable. In families like this, achievements are absolutely celebrated, love for one another is celebrated, But when it comes to conflict and it comes to negativity, those things are considered threats and are avoided at all costs in these types of families. And so it's in subtle ways. It's not as obvious, but in some cases, it could be this obvious. You may know people who... Leave the room as soon as people start to have conflict with one another. When voices begin to get raised or people begin to disagree, there's always somebody who exits, literally runs away from conflict, even if it's not a threat or a conflict directed towards them. It's just, oop, there's some conflict. I am very uncomfortable. I am out of here. And so there are people like that who literally flee, who literally exercise flight when there is any kind of threat of negativity or conflict. They literally exit the room, walk away. But a lot of times, it's not a physical running away or walking away it's an emotional walking away and you will hear people who are conflict avoidant who prefer flight they will say things like oh I'm not getting involved they might state that they're not going to be part of the conflict or I'm not going to share my opinion on this matter because they know it's going to upset people. Or they simply say, I don't really know about this. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to tell you. And these are the words that are used in order for someone to avoid any kind of negativity or conflict that might be stirred by them sharing their point of view. Now, sometimes people run away from the responsibility of resolving conflict. And so when it's gotten to the next level and people are maybe arguing or getting negative, a conflict avoidant person will get away from it by saying things like, why do you always want to fight? Why don't you just want to be peaceful? Or they kick the can down the road by saying, Why do you need to talk about this now? And basically, it gets turned around to the person who is trying to address a conflict, whether they're doing a good job of it or not is another thing, but a person who's trying to fight or at least address a conflict gets painted as a person who loves conflict and tries to stir up trouble, when in fact that's not always the case. Now, another way that people run away from the threat of conflict is they might change the subject completely. Oh, I forgot to tell you about this thing. And instead of talking about whatever the issue was that needed to be addressed, they'll turn it into something else. And sometimes it'll be something super positive so that you won't be able to find your way back to the conflict that needed to be addressed because now the atmosphere has changed and everything is super positive right now and you don't want to be the one to rain on anyone else's parade. Another way that people avoid conflict is they become really chatty. They start talking about all kinds of other subjects, maybe not positive, maybe neutral subjects, but subjects that sidetrack you nonetheless, so that you are no longer remembering what you wanted to work through from a conflict perspective. You get distracted by the chattiness of it all, and you don't end up going back to the conflict because maybe you don't even remember what you needed to talk about because someone's gone off on some topic for so long that it's hard to make your way back to where you started. And so the funny thing about this is you might think that people who come to therapy are ready and willing and able to address hard things in their lives. And for the most part, that's true. But I do get people who come in and they do the same thing that when I am prepared to talk about something that is uncomfortable and maybe causes an inner conflict, I find that sometimes people will try to change the subject. Oh, oh gosh, this thing happened at work I've got to tell you about. And the importance of something else becomes the topic of conversation. Or sometimes people will sort of naysay the seriousness of what their issue is. I'll bring up a topic that I think is important for us to address in therapy, and basically people will say, Well, it wasn't that big of a deal. It's, you know, it didn't really impact me, or it doesn't really impact me today and so I don't think it's that big of a deal and I don't think we have to focus on that. And you know the reality is is that I'm a psychologist. I brought it up because I do think it's important to focus on it but a lot of times people will minimize the seriousness of things that they endured growing up. And it's another way to run away from something uncomfortable. And then I get people who will also say things like, well, that was in the past and there's no reason to dwell on it. And so I'm not sure what we're trying to do in therapy if we're not dwelling on things. We're not dwelling on things for the sake of talking, we are going back in time to understand things that happened that impact a person today. And so the past is not about rehashing stuff for the purposes of getting negative or just talking about stuff. It's actually to figure out how people can work through their present day issues by figuring out the past that impacts them today. But a lot of times people will say, uh, "Let's not dwell on that or there's nothing I can do about the past, so you know, I can't fix what happened. Therefore, we really shouldn't spend our time talking about this." And the reality is is actually we can fix we can't fix history? but we can fix your perception and the impact of negativity on your current life that happened in the past. And so that's another thing people will say to me to run away from the internal conflict. Or a lot of times people will just say, well, it doesn't affect me. It's, uh, well, you know, that stuff didn't really have an impact. Um, I'm sure that um, there are more important things to talk about because that particular thing just didn't have an effect. And, and I will tell them all the ways that I think that they are affected by something in the past. And they will still try to change the subject in some way. And a lot of times people will compare Their issue with all the unknown other people in therapy who have issues. And a lot of times clients will say to me, Oh my goodness, you must deal with much bigger traumas than what I'm presenting to you. And I'm sure that there are a lot of people who are suffering so much more than I am. And therefore, You know, this is silly and we shouldn't even bother talking about it. And so these are all the ways that people try to run away from the threat of the negativity and the internal conflict in therapy. But the thing about it is that when people come from families like this who run away from conflict, who avoid conflict, What ends up happening is they're given the message that it's not okay to feel anything negative. It's not okay to feel angry. It's not okay to feel sad. It's not okay to feel depressed. It's not okay to have anxiety. So basically, what happens to people who get these messages growing up is that whenever they do feel negative emotions, and maybe that's you, that whenever you do feel like you're angry or you're sad or you're anxious, that there's something wrong with you. That if you have those emotions, you must be pathological or crazy in some way and that's not the case that not every day is going to be bright sunshiny and wonderful that some days suck some days are just terrible you wake up on the wrong side of the bed and and all kinds of things happen that don't go well for you on one day and other days are kind of meh. Like it was okay, nothing special happened, nothing bad happened, it's just kind of, uh, and my mood was kind of meh. And so, this is all part of being a human being that there is negativity, there is conflict, but it doesn't have to be avoided. You won't collapse into being a depressed person because you address some of the negative emotions or some of the conflict that you have had with other people in your family, it's not going to bring you down to work through conflicts and negativity instead of running away from it. It's not going to kill you to acknowledge your negative feelings, and you're not wrong or pathological if you have negative feelings. You're not wrong or pathological if you have conflict with family members at times. You're not wrong or pathological or messed up if you have negative emotions. Because what ends up happening is that when only the positive emotions are allowed and everything negative is avoided in your life, eventually what happens is people become almost afraid of their negative emotions. They become scared when they feel anger. You might become scared if you feel anger or sadness. Like it's the worst thing that could happen. This is the result of families who avoid conflict and negativity because they see it as a threat. And so the result is kids who grow up in this type of environment don't feel their feelings are validated if they are ever negative. They're not allowed to have negative emotions, and they're certainly not allowed to have conflict or voice their opinions about things that others might disagree with. It's just not allowed. We just avoid that at all costs in our family. And it doesn't turn out well for you if you can't accept all of it. All of us want to have positive feelings. We all love the concept of joy and happiness and love and all the good stuff. But, you know, you can't just have those. If you're a human being, you have to have some of the negative stuff too. It just goes with the territory. You can't pick and choose what emotions that you're going to have on any given day in any given moment. It just sort of happens. And as long as you can accept all of it, 100%, and not run away from it, you'll be okay. And so I would encourage you to confront what needs to be confronted in a kind manner, in a kind way where you are focused on getting to a resolution rather than avoiding and that you share your feelings you acknowledge your feelings you validate your feelings and you validate the feelings of others no matter how negative they might be and i hope that you can face these things and not run away and if you can if you can tolerate negative emotions and disappointment You'll be okay. Be well, and thank you for listening.